First John chapter 3 this morning. I got to thinking about this, thinking about John, and thinking about what, what he's writing about. First John chapter 3, let us stand. Verse number 1. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. I like it. What manner of love. I like that. That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because he knew them, him not. Beloved, now we are in the sons of God, and do not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for he shall see him as he is. Every man that hath this hope in him purify himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever commits sin transgressed against the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Chapter 4, verse number 10 Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse number 19, we love Him because He first loved us. Let us pray. Father, we just thank You this morning. Lord, we just ask You to open our hearts and minds, receive the word we stand in need of. Lord, we just thank You. Lord, we pray for those who are sick. And those that need to be lifted up and to be encouraged today, Father, we just give you all the glory and honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, the writer of these wonderful verses is John, the beloved. And really, who is more qualified uh, to write about the love of God than John? Uh, six times in the Gospel of John, you'll see the form of this phrase, the disciple whom loved Jesus loved. John is not being arrogant about what he's saying. He does not have a high opinion of himself. Uh, he's just writing down what God has told him to do. I, I see this. Uh, can you imagine him writing down what God is saying? He's sitting there with his pen and writing. And all of a sudden God says, uh, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, God tells him write this. And he says, uh, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he has to stop for a minute. So Lord... Is that me? He said, yes, that's, that's you. I don't know about him, but if that had been me, I'd have had to stop a minute and take a little run around the lap in the house shouting and praising God that say, and whom Jesus loved. I, I think about the uh, Last Supper in John chapter 13. Uh, Jesus announced that one of his disciples was going to betray him. And, and, and ten of those re, uh, disciples respond, uh, Lord, is it I? And one said, Judas said, uh, Master, is it I? Judas never referred to uh, Jesus as Lord, but there was John that was on his bosom. Uh, he's closer than anybody else to Jesus. He's closer than the rest of them. And when Jesus makes this announcement that one is going to betray him, he says, Lord, who is it? He says, I, I know it's not me. 
I, I, I know it's not me. I, my heart's clear. My conscience is clear. I love the Lord. I know it's not me, but who is it, Lord? Who is it that's one that's going to betray you? He said, it's not me. Who is it? I want to get that close with the Lord. When he says, uh, I know it's not me. I, I want to be that close. He was leaning on the bosom of the Lord. And you can get as close as the Lord as you want to by leaning on his bosom of Christ. You see, you could be like Peter who, who talked a big game and, uh, and when he toughs got going and roughs get going on it and he just walked out. Peter's he's got going when, when, when Thomas said, I, I only believe it when I can see it. You could be like Judas, just hang out with the crowd and hang out with the, uh, the fellowship of the people and, and still go to hell. I don't know about you, but I want to be as close to the Lord as I can be. Especially in the days that we're living in today with the unrest, the unsettlement in our country and in our world today. I, I want to get as close to the Lord as I possibly can. Now think about John chapter 19. As our Savior is dying on the cross of Calvary. Suspended between heaven and earth. The nails have been driven in His hands and His feet. They placed a crown of thorns upon his head. And he's about to give up the ghost. And on that, crowd, on that day, the crowd was gone except for a handful of women. And there was John standing there. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. On that day at Calvary's mountain, John witnessed the greatest love the world has ever known. We see through the eyes of faith, and faith in the scriptures, John saw and witnessed the love of God upon the cross of Calvary. And I believe he's writing these verses here in 1 John and, and many years later he writes about the love that God has shown us and I believe it is the love of Calvary's cross that he has in mind when he's writing this. So I want to preach you just a few minutes on this, the love of Calvary's cross. The only way that we'll ever love him more is try to understand just how much he loved us. John describes the love of Calvary's cross in three different ways. And let me give them to you and we'll go home. He said, first, there's the manner of love at Calvary's cross. He said, behold, what manner of love? I don't know how to describe it, but I can tell you that it's out of this world. The manner of love is, is not a worldly love. It's not an earthly love. Because the world knows nothing about this love that we're talking about this morning. Hollywood has all the sitcoms and movies and, and pumping in our homes. Uh, and they don't know this kind of love. The secular music uh, industry that has the love songs, the country love songs. I need this. They know not this kind of love. There's a crowd out there that says uh, love wins all. They don't know this kind of love. Yep. 
There was a song that came out many years ago. Some of you may remember it. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. And that's true. We need love. But not the kind of love that God gives they know nothing about. There's a manner of love. The origin is not just humanity. It originated in heaven. It's a love that cannot be manufactured or ministered or or, or mimicked by religion down here. Although religion tries, you're not going to find that uh, uh, this kind of love in a baptismal pool. You're not going to find this kind of love because your name's on the church roll or because you join a church. You're not going to find this kind of love In your own good, your own good deeds, is only found in Christ the Lord. John writes to us about the recognition of this love. He said, Behold, everything that we need to think about something, we need to uh, meditate on it. We get too busy beholding uh, our cell phones, our computers, uh, uh, Facebook and uh, CNN and Fox News. We get too busy looking at the things of this world and we're not beholding the thing that we need to get a hold of. We get too busy beholding a ball game. We give a lot of attention to this. But the love of God demands our attention. It demands our attention. I I promise you this, that if you're going to think about Jesus and what he did for you on the day of Calvary, it will help you more than any ball game, any CNN, any movie that you can think about or watching. When you start thinking about the love that Christ showed on the cross of Calvary, shedding his blood, it will do more for your life than anything else that you can find. It will lift you up. It will encourage you. It will help you get through your day just thinking about what he's done for you. You can come away with a joy and a peace in your life than you can with social media. I don't know how many of y'all are on social media, but that's about the devilish thing there is today we'll find out that you know everything about everybody else i know when you go to the bathroom i know you when you go to the bed i know what you had for breakfast i'm telling you we just shared too much information today so we see that love is recognized then the love of calvary cross deserves appreciation We have set aside a day to appreciate different people. We have Mother's Day, Father's Day, uh, Independence Day, President's Day, Grandparents' Day. Thank God for that one. I love that one. Teacher Appreciation Day. But I tell you, every day as, as a child of God, you should appreciate what God has done for you at the Christ, uh, what He done on Calvary. We don't appreciate during the week. We don't think about it during the week. Only time we start appreciating what God has done for us is on Sunday, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. But we don't appreciate during the whole week. You ought to appreciate the love of God in your life for what He's done for you every day. The way you can tell that people appreciate the love of God in their life, the church is on fire. 
You know how you tell when a church don't appreciate the love of God? It is a dead church. Because they're paying more attention to other things in life than what God has done for you at the Calvary. People call you all kinds of names when you start appreciating the Lord and shouting and praising God. You get excited about what God has done for you. Christ and the cross, people will uh, start wiping their tears away and start shouting and someone else will be criticizing, critical to what you're saying and how you praise and worship God. They call you a holy roller. Praise God, call me that all day long. I'd rather be a holy roller than a rock and roller, amen. I'm just saying, hey, we ought to get excited and appreciate what God has done for us. And it means if you have to show a little bit of emotion every now and then, I'd say show it. Let God know that you appreciate what he's done for you and I. Hey, he's coming back someday and he's coming to get you. I'd like to appreciate that right now and say praise God. Amen. He's coming back and I'm looking forward to that day. You can be called all kinds of things, but don't call me late for supper. Amen. Amen. There's this reaching love. He said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. You can't buy this love. You can't manufacture it in your house. You ain't got enough money to buy this love. can never earn it with how good you are because you ain't never going to be good enough to earn this love it's a gift of God it's God is offering all of us we have uh, all we have to do is receive this gift of God can I say that one is beyond his reach of his affection no one is beyond his reach of love no one's beyond the grace of God and the mercy of God you sit in here and say, well, that, that sounds good, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what things I, I've done in my life. I'm just telling you here that you can't do enough that God can't reach to where you're at. God can touch you. God can lift you up. God can save you this morning. I'm telling you what, you get in a backslidden condition when your heart starts getting cold, your neck starts getting stiff. I, I'm telling you right now, it's the time you need to get to the house of God and get on your knees and ask God, forgive me for what I've been I've been this and I've been that uh, and God's love will reach down he'll touch your life again amen this love is a reaching love it reaches farther than you can reach up it goes way past how bad you think you are and you have been it reaches down to the lowest pit and get you right out of that mess you gotten yourself into. God wants to save you today. God wants to change you today. When you say, well, that ain't what it's been whispering in my ear, it's not God whispering in your ear saying, you've gone too far, you've done too much, you've done bad. That's the devil. The devil don't want you to come down and get right with God. The devil don't want you to say, Lord, I forgive me my sins. The devil don't want you to do that. That's what's whispering in your ears telling you, hey, you've, done, you've gone too far. God says, you'll never go too far. I'm always there. I'm always with you. I'm always saying things. 
We see the relationship of His love. He said that we should be called the sons of God. Every one of us here this morning, when we was born, we was given a birth name. I didn't get to choose my name. I didn't say, well, I don't want to go over there and be with those people. I want somebody else. I didn't get to choose my name. When I was born, I was born. My name was Woods. Can't change that if I wanted to. It's Woods. There was no debate about it. They didn't get the debate about it. It was Woods right there. Now, there was some debate about my first name. Now, I'm glad they picked James. I don't know if the Bible was open and it said there was James. They said, well, let's just name him James. Amen. That sounds like a good name. I said, well, it does me. So I have a name. It's James Woods. Amen. But I'm so glad that I have a father. <laughs> hey, I have a new name now, and it's called Child of God. I come to him, and he changed my life. He says, I, you're accepted into my family now, and now you're my son. I'm so glad that I am called the sons of God this morning. Amen. Aren't you glad you're called a son of God? A child of God. God's called us sons of God. And the only way that we can be called the sons of God is because what Christ did at Calvary. It's the only way. You can't get by with it. So we see the manner of love that we have here. But we see the manifestation of love, Calvary's love. Chapter 4, verse number 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. John uses the word manifested, which means made clear, uh, evident to the eye or understanding, showed plainly. He says this has been shown plainly. What Christ has did at the cross of Calvary, it's been shown plainly. It's been made clear. Established by proof or evidence. Put beyond doubt or question. And if you got the Word of God in your hand this morning, you've got faith this morning, you can see the love of God very clearly this morning. But the only reason we can see it clearly today is because God sent His Son that loved and made it known to us. And that doesn't mean He doesn't love, does not exist before Calvary. But it was unseen in the Old Testament. It was veiled in the Old Testament. We understand in the Old Testament there was a, a type of foreshadows of Calvary, but they couldn't see them. I'm glad I'm on this side, not on that side. I, I'm glad that I'm here that I can see the love of God and love of Christ. I can see what He'd done at the cross of Calvary. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commanded His love toward us that in while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. God's love for the sinner is never separated from the sacrifice of His Son. 
Every time you find in scriptures the New Testament about the love of God, you'll always be connected with the sacrifice of what Christ done at the cross Calvary. Because that's the only way we can know this kind of love. I am thankful that God made His love known. He's made His love known toward us on Calvary. That's why we come to church. That's why we shout. That's why we praise God. Because we know that love. We know the sacrifice that He done for us. We see the movement of Calvary's cross. Verse 10, we're in love. Not that we love God, that He loved us and sent His Son to be propitiation for our sins. Verse 19, we love Him because we're so worthy. Because we're so good. Because we're so holy. Because we're so wonderful. Your Bible says that you've got one of those funny Bibles if it said that. We love Him because He first loved us. The love that I'm talking about this morning is a love that moved toward us. God, God's love moved towards man. Moved him from step. He moved him to step out of the eternity, uh, the the throne room of God, and he dawned an earthly vessel down here on the earth to this ungodly plagued earth. Uh, it moved him to us. It moved him to the cross of Calvary to die for us. It moved him that raised the, from the dead on the third day. It got love of Calvary moved towards man. This love is in action. I love this. This love is in action. It is both doing and done. You say, how in the world is that, preacher? I'm glad you asked that question. It is done in the sense that what Jesus did at the Calvary's Hill, it will never happen again. They'll never put another thorn cross uh, crown on his head. Uh, they'll never put another nail in his hand. Uh, they'll never raise another cross with him on it. It will never happen, happen again. It is done. Over with. He cried out from the cross, it is finished. Salvation's plans, redemption plan, it is finished. It was complete. There's nothing to be added to it. It is done. You'll never go to the cross again. In the Old Testament, they would always bring an animal for sacrifice. They put him up to sacrifice on the sacrifice and altar. And every year they had cried again. Uh, that altar cried out, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Every year they had to bring another animal to sacrifice for sins. But on this day, when Christ went to Calvary, the altar cried out, it is finished, it is finished, it is satisfied, it is satisfied. You'll never have to die, uh, die again for our sins. It's done, it's over with. So it's done, but it's always doing. When somebody needs the love of God and they open up their hearts and repent of their sins, that love is still doing. It's still moving sinners to get saved. It's still moving people to get closer to God. It's still moving towards us to do things that we need to do. 
the love of God in the whole world is done. Every time you read in the Bible in past tense, it is done. John 3, 16, for God so loved, past tense, that he gave, past tense, his son. We need to get a hold of that truth today. Because there's a religious crowd today out there that wants to pick and choose what they like. They think Christianity is nothing but a buffet. Uh, I'll pick this. I'll hike that. I don't want none of that right there. I, I'll take this. Uh, I want a little bit of that. Uh, I'll take just a tab of that. But uh, I don't want that over there. I don't want to have to give. Uh, I don't want to have to sacrifice my time. I don't want to do that. I'll just stay over here where it's all about me. We got Christians that think that, God, that the religion is nothing but a buffet. I can pick and choose what I want. But the Bible says, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's what you live by. You've got to take everything in the word of God. And there are some things I don't like. I don't like them. But I've got to do them. I've got to do them. Amen. We, we, I know there's some things we don't like to do. Because we're human. We just don't like to do them. But every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, we do. We do. And I find this out. Now, don't get me wrong. You, know, you don't like things in the Bible. I, there's some things that's hard. But I find once I start doing them, I kind of like them. I kind of like them. You get to doing it more, and like, man, I really like doing this. Well, the Bible commands us to go out into the world. That means you got to open up your front door, step out, go out. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Amen. Amen. He's commanded. Everybody said, well, that's the preacher's job. I didn't say preacher. He said, all those that are saved, born again, it is your job, my job, to let the world know what Christ has done. Let them know that Christ died on the cross of Calvary for their sins and shed His blood. It's your job and my job together to let the world know there's a God crowd that loves them. You know, everybody knows I'm a picky eater. <laughs> I'm a picky eater. Now I imagine some of y'all are pretty picky eaters at home too, amen? But we eat what God says. Imagine this, pulling up to the table of God and all that he has laid out for you. You say, well, Lord, I don't want that. I don't want that. No. I, I see myself pulling up to the table of God and all these splendor that he's laid out before me. And I'm saying, I just want to say thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Everything that you laid before me, everything that you laid out before me, I'll take in. I'm not going to reject anything. I want everything that you got to give me, Lord. And if they don't want it over there, bring it over here. I'll take it too. You got people in churches today, they want to pick and choose what they will do and what they won't do. I want the blessings of God. Oh, I don't want the obedience of God. I want heaven, but I don't want to hear about hell. I want to love God, but I don't hear, want to hear about his judgment or the wrath of God. 
I just want the parts that I like. A mature Christian finally gets to the place where they just pull up God's table and eat whatever God has laid out before them. And they appreciate it. And they're thankful for it. I've been asked this over and over. How can a loving God allow people to go to hell? God sent His very best from heaven as an offer. He gave His best, His only Son. And for you to live your life in rejection of that, that person dies without God on the day of judgment, you're going to be looking in the eyes of love no more. You're going to be looking in the eyes of wrath. And you'll hear the words, departing from me, you curse it in everlasting fire. Listen to me. If you want to know the love of God, you better get to know it now. You better get, you better get to know it now. Don't wait till it's too late. Now is the time to know the love of God. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that gave His only begotten Son, past tense. But watch how it moves from past tense to present tense. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What was done 2,000 years ago, every time a lost, repented sinner comes to the cross of Calvary and trusts Jesus Christ, as his Savior, her Savior, the work of Calvary Cross begins again. It starts all over again. It's both doing and it's both done. Oh, how I love Jesus, the song says. Oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. The only way that you can know the love this morning, the only way you can be saved this morning, is because the day he made a move, Toward us this morning. I am thankful this morning that there's a high and holy God that is interested in somebody like me. As sorry and low down as I am, He's interested in loving someone like me. He still loves me no matter how sorry I am. I have good days, I have bad days, and yet He still does loves me. He doesn't love me because I'm worthy. He doesn't love me because I am good. I'm just glad He loves me. In spite of myself this morning. He loves me on my good days. He loves me on my bad days. He loves me when I'm on the mountaintop. He loves me when I'm down in the valley. He loves me when the sun is shining. He loves me when the storms are raging. When the clouds are outside, I still have sunshine in life. I thank God for Calvary this morning. I thank God for the love that He has shown in my life. So the question I want to ask you this morning, do you really appreciate the love of Calvary? Is it something that you really can get into your heart and look at it in a different way than just saying, well, Christ died on the cross. He did die on the cross. 
But can I say this? He died for you. He died for me. He did it because he loved you that much. And we ought to appreciate that a little bit more. We ought to revel in that a little bit more. We ought to shout about that a little bit more. Amen. I mean, what he's done for us, we just, uh, we, I mean, we've gotten so quiet in church, you know, we come to church and everybody says, as quiet as a, you know, a church mouse can run in there and nobody hear anything. Uh, God died for you. God showed love to you. And you ought to just say, Lord, I praise you this morning. I appreciate what you've done for me. And I'm just going to get close to you this morning. I'm going to come to the altar and I'm going to get all my past out of my way, all my sins out of my way, and I'm just going to lay it on the altar. Lord, I want to get close to you. I want to be like John. As close as my head is on the bosom, I can hear the heartbeat of God. And you can get that close this morning. You can get that close this morning if you choose to. Or you can be like Paul or Peter or Judas or Timmy. I want to be like John. John knew the love of God. He witnessed the love of God. Can I say this? It's not sacrilegious anything. You know the love of God. You witnessed the love of God. I wasn't at the cross of Calvary, but by faith in the scriptures, I believe and I see the love of God. And I felt when he came down on me, put his head on my back, I was laying at the altar Lord, I need something. I'm heading to a wrong place. Uh, and I felt that I've got you. You're mine. Now you're sons of God. I felt that. I felt that. How about you this morning?